0: sitting in my office reading a book by a dead guy.
1: So then they picked dead mentors, Spurgeon, Calvin, Luther, dead guys who are not going to actually get to know them or correct them. I have never read a book by a dead guy and had some thoughts in my
0: head that occurred as a result of reading the dead guy's book where the dead guy began to argue with me. This is the Dead Guy Reader Society. Welcome to the first official episode of the Dead Guy Reader Society. I'm Drew, and I'm here with the one and only Chris Huff. And we're ready to kick off this inaugural episode. And we wanted to take just this episode to look at one of the most influential Puritans, Thomas Watson.
1: Yes, sir. And
0: we're going to look at probably his most influential work as well. Now, before we get into that work, if you will allow me to, I want to give a little background into Thomas Watson. I know Chris is going to do the same, but he, uh, it's believed that he was born in Yorkshire, England in 1620. He studied at Emmanuel College in Cambridge, earning his bachelor's degree in, 19, in 1639 and his master's in 1642. In 1646, Watson would go to St. Stephen's in Walbrook, London to serve as lecturer for 10 years. Now, in 1647, he would marry Abigail Beadle, B-E-A-D-L-E, and in the first 13 years of their marriage, they would have seven children. However, sadly, four of them would die very Mm -hmm. young. Now, moving on to 1651, Watson would be imprisoned. He actually uh, protested the execution of Charles I, and the imprisonment came because of his part in a plot to restore the monarchy. Mm. So, very interesting. Yeah. Now, Watson would be restored to his pastorate in 1652. However, uh, when the Act of Uniformity was passed in 1662, um, he, along with many other Puritan pastors, were ejected from their pulpits. This is a time that's known as the Great Ejection. Yeah. Uh, I highly recommend that you look that up. Now, Watson would uh, resort to preaching in barns and homes, and he would even go out to the woods and preach. You know, Anywhere Mm. he had the opportunity to preach the word, he would do that. And that was pretty common with other Puritan pastors at that time during the Great Ejection. And that's because they had the call to preach, and they understood that call. They Mm. had the the aching and the fire in the bones that said, the gospel message is within me, and I must get it out. Those were the type of men that uh, that they were. Now, later, he would minister alongside Stephen Charnock. And Stephen Charnock actually wrote one of the greatest works on the attributes of God, The Existence and Attributes of God. I highly suggest you get it. You can get it in the works of Stephen Charnock, or you can get it as a two-volume set on um, just the, the attributes of God. But he would he would minister with Stephen Charnock until Charnock's death in 1680. Now, six years later, Watson would pass away. Mm. By 1686, his health was failing, and he would die suddenly while engaged in private prayer. So while he was in communion with the Lord, he went to be with the Lord. Mm. Now, the works of Thomas Watson are widely studied today. His uh, writings provide the highest quality of biblical scholarship combined with pastoral warmth and loving application. Reading the works of Thomas Watson, it's easy to see why many regard him as their favorite Puritan. And the work we're going to be discussing today is considered to be his magnum opus, his greatest work, and that is a body of divinity. Now, a couple quick things about the body of divinity. Um, it is a systematic theology that follows a, the question and answer format of the Westminster Shorter Catechism, That's right. and it is actually one of three works that go together. The other two are his works on the Lord's Prayer and the Ten Commandments, and these three uh, actually complete Thomas's exposition of the shorter Catechism, but the Body of Divinity is really viewed as one of the top systematic theologies uh, to be produced by a Puritan, and it's mm. one of our favorites um, to always refer to whenever we're doing matter of theology, or we're doing, we're working on a sermon, or we're we're doing a devotion, or or, or something like that.
1: Yep. Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. You're done. Um, (laughs) I wasn't looking at you. I was looking at the book and uh, yeah. I mean, this uh, Thomas Watson is, uh, and if you've listened to matter of theology for any amount of time, you've heard me say this, that he is my favorite Puritan. I like how you threw that in there, buddy. Um, And I know I'm not the only one who feels that way. Uh, It's uh, it's, it's widely known that Daryl Harrison um, host of the just thinking podcast and uh, director of all digital communication with grace to you has said the same thing. Uh, as have many, many others. Thomas Watson is described by Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the prince of preachers, um, as, uh, what he says, quote, Watson was one of the most concise, racy, illustrative, and suggestive of those eminent divines who made the Puritan age, the Augustan period of evangelical literature, period, close quote. Um, and, and this, this book was introduced to me um, in 2019 um, and uh, right after the Shepherds Conference in 2019. Because you, we got it for free. They shipped we it. We did. To- <laughs> we did. And um, I actually heard uh, Dr. Stephen J. Lawson, who's the president. I mean, you guys know who Steve Lawson is. I don't need to say that um, <laughs> if you don't look him up. Um, but, uh, but Stephen Lawson talked about that. It was, it was Thomas Watson that, uh, that the Lord used to uh, help solidify um, uh, his, his roots and his belief in reform theology, the doctrines of grace. And, and Steve Lawson is widely known for saying that there's quote. Um, and I have this quote committed to memory. There's more theology in the table of contents than you find in most churches today. And, uh, and that, that's very, very true. Um, and so I remember hearing Steve talk about that. And, uh, and then I remember hearing Dr. John MacArthur, uh, talk about that on a podcast. He was doing with Steven Nichols from Ligonier and going through his favorite books, you know, kind of like this list of books. If you're stuck on an Island, what do you, <laughs> what, 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 do you have to have with you? And a body of divinity was, was that book. Now, interesting facts about this, uh, this systematic theology It is the first book ever published by the banner of Truth trust. Um, And, and since then it has been, and continues to be uh, one of their best sellers. Um, And, and it's easy to see why when you when you really get into it but but some more about uh, uh about Thomas Watson not a lot is known about exactly where he was born when he was born um or the exact date of his death um and uh, you know he he did as as Drew said he went to Emmanuel College in Cambridge and and listen to some of the names um that also came from uh, Emanuel college. And, uh, and, and there's, there's a list of, uh, and Spurgeon notes this in the, in the memoir that he writes in the beginning of a body of divinity, you know, you've got guys like, uh, Ralph Venning, Thomas Brooks, um, uh, John Rowe, Stephen Charnock, um, William bridge, uh, I mean, and, and so on and so forth. It just, I mean, the, the, the list just continues. Um, and, and the thing about Watson is, uh, and that, that I feel like we could all learn from. And this is, uh, and again, I'm, I'm going right from the book and, and, um, you guys, you can't see my copy of a body of divinity, but it's literally falling apart. Um, pages are falling out. Um, I have, uh, I'll hold it up for Drew to see. Uh, I mean, notes upon notes upon highlights, and it's just everywhere marked it up scripture references. So, uh, to say that this is, this is something that this stays with me. Uh, if I travel, it goes with me. Uh, when I was working, not at home, it went with me. Now that I work from home, it's on my desk, um, underneath my Bible. That's where this book stays. Um, but here's the thing about Watson that you don't find a lot today from professing believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, brother. Um, and, and as Spurgeon notes, he, that Watson was, quote, being a most laborious student. You don't see that a lot today. You don't see, um, you, you, you see we would rather be entertained than edified, yeah. we would we we would rather seek out uh ways to admonish or not admonish but 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 feed our flesh uh in in w- with entertainment than to edify or admonish our soul by studying the scriptures um and and watson was among uh, among these 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 puritan divines as as it's been said elsewhere who they were laborious students. they were uh, that they, they had a and you mentioned they had that call, that yearning, that unction, that burning in their bones that that they had to know the scriptures through and through and that nothing was going nothing else was going to satisfy them. When it came to when it was came time for free time, what were they doing? They were studying they were they, they, they were not just studying to gain this head knowledge as some has said some have said about the Puritans, mm-hmm. but they were studying to know God. And the way that Watson was able to take these rich biblical truths and craft them in a way that paints this wonderful illustration that really helps drive home the the, the point of, of what God intended by what he said in his word is unmatched and unparalleled. I have yet to read, whether it's a dead guy or a living guy, someone who can paint a picture like Thomas Watson can. And uh, the last thing I'll say just right this second, man, I'll turn it back over to you is, and I'm, I want to give you, uh, everyone listening, an example of this. And um, when in his his initial discourse, his initial discourse here, um, uh, the p- preliminary discourse uh, to catechizing, um, and uh, this first point is, it is the duty of Christians to be settled in the doctrine of faith. The best way for Christians to be settled is to be well-grounded and he t- and and he gets into talking about this and listen to how he talks about those who are unsettled as feathers will be blown every way so will feathery christians therefore such are compared to children and then he refers to Ephesians 4:14 uh, about children being tossed and fro and he says children are fickle sometimes of one mind sometimes of another Nothing pleases them long. So unsettled Christians are childish. The truths they embrace at one time, they reject an, at another. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a what a way to word that! Don't be a feathery Christian, right?
0: You know, and that's one of the things about reading these dead guys, right? Yep. Is that they're able to say things and paint that picture, like you mm-hmm. say. And Thomas uh, Thomas Watson is a master. Of this right oh, you know if if paul is is the chief master teacher thomas watson is the master painter of of Bro, the chief good. teacher you that's know yeah. it, it, it's basically uh taking those things that that the lord has said and he that he has said through his vessels of, of the apostles and and the mm-hmm. scriptures and he's taken them and then he's he's organizing them and painting the picture in such a way uh that that makes it just makes it even more beautiful and more easily comprehensible. And well, that's, in, but that we'll, we'll, we'll just, just real quick.
1: Yeah, that's another ahead. thing
0: about these these Puritan guys, right? Is because they're pastors. But think about this, right? We we're against age segregated ministries, right? Mm-hmm. Well, these are guys that in their in their services would have people of all different ages. They would have yes. older they would have younger and they would have people of, of all different, uh, intellects. Mm -hmm. Right. So they may have people who have studied, they, they, they will have common folk who probably can't even read. And so they're very simplistic. And so the ability to speak to the audience Mm. and part of that is painting that picture. Right. So that you can, you can take the doctrinal, uh, scholarly, biblical, um, works and then you can simplify it in such a way for a child to say
1: well and and yeah. and and that speaks to that that speaks to the fact that he was as, as spurgeon said that 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 most late you know laborious student um he uh i mean he he, he spurgeon went on to say and 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 i want to get to exactly what you're saying here um uh, Spurgeon said quote he was so well known in the city for his piety and usefulness that though he was singled out by by the friendly debate he yet carried a general respect from all sober persons along with him to his grave he was a man of considerable learning a popular but judicious preacher an eminent in uh, and yeah an eminent in the gift of prayer <sighs> He knew, and, and he was such a student of the word, but he was just such a student and a thinker. He sat with his thoughts. He, he, okay. he exercised the muscle of his mind so that he could phrase things and word things in a way that painted that picture. But, but, but here was the, here was the fuel behind that and And this is where, again, this is where this argues with us. This is where this argues with me. It argues with you. It argues with those dollar general pastors who think just because they get up there and crack a bunch of jokes that they're doing God's work. Listen to this. this is this is this is Watson's words from a sermon that he preached before the great ejection, one of three that he the last three that he preached. listen to what he said, quote. I desire to be guided by the silver thread of God's word and providence. My heart is toward you. Hmm. Period. Close quote. That was his heart's desire was to glorify God, to know God, and to pastor, preach, and shepherd in such a way that he was by delivering the truth how he did he was able to paint the picture the of the wonderful truths in god's word in a way that people would remember them and hold on to them and still i mean this was this sermon uh where was the date august 17th of i don't see the year but it was of the great the year of the great ejection but it was august 17th of that year you know how many years, 16, in the 1670s, 1660s, something 1662, I think it was, how many hundreds of years later that the Lord is still using Thomas Watson to do the same thing? Why? His desire was to be guided, guided by the word completely. Mm -hmm. And he had a heart's desire, a, a yearning towards those in his care. That's right. You don't see that today. Right. Right. Well, that's because,
0: you know, you mentioned entertainment, you know. Right. Everything now is uh geared towards the attention span of people. Right. And the attention span of people has been shortened and shortened and shortened due yeah. to television. Right. Commercials are so many seconds long because it's got to keep the people's attention. Right. Um and so these are guys, right? Thomas Watson, the Puritans, these these are guys who understood that their free time was not freedom from God time. And so Mm. they took that free time and they wanted to know God more. They just wanted to be in his presence more. They wanted to teach him more. And today, because we have so much garbage, Mm. we can't give God 10 minutes. These are guys that wanted to give him every every hour of, of their life. And so you see just the difference in mentality, but let's just take preachers, preachers, for example. Okay, let's compare and contrast a Thomas Watson sermon and the preparation from a modern day sermon. Okay. yeah. A Thomas Watson sermon, when you read it, you can tell strenuous Bible study has gone into it. Mm -hmm. you can tell it has been poured over in prayer Mm -hmm. you can tell he has taken many of them are on one verse and he has taken that verse now there's a verse in in the in the back here in the back of the book uh uh chapter seven and golly what is this like part three um death and the last day Okay. Oh, man. And he's yeah, talking yeah. about for me to live as Christ. And he just takes that phrase, for me to live as Christ, and he stretches it out and he rings it out as much as he can. Mm-hmm. Right Now, pastors for today oftentimes do their sermon prep the morning of the sermon. And then they think that that sermon is going to have some drastic effect on the people sitting in the congregation. It's not. Because Mm -hmm. you haven't done the work. You haven't sought God. You haven't poured over it. The Holy Spirit's not in it. You're phoning it in.
1: These guys didn't phone it in. No, no, man, they they understood that. Like they, they, you know, they they understood this. They understood that, um, what, uh, you know, what the apostle Paul, uh, said in, in Galatians, right. Mm -hmm. Um, they, they understood that, they are not seeking the favor of men, but they're seeking the favor of God. They're not trying to please men. They're trying to please God. Why? Because they're slaves of Christ. And they loved that. Mm-hmm. They understood the, the precious gift that had been given um, cr- Christ himself. Christ mm-hmm. is that precious and magnificent promise of God. Um, and, and they understood that. They understood that that he is granted um what we don't deserve, life in Christ. He is that God through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, through the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, he has granted to us through his divine power, everything we need pertaining to life and godliness, and that we have these precious and magnificent promises that will never end. And so they were conformed to the divine nature. That was their desire they're, that was their, they understood that the days were evil and to make, make most of the time that we have again, Paul and in, in, in Ephesians, they understood that it was the duty of the Christian, not just the pastor, but the Christian to be grounded and settled in all things so that they wouldn't be children tossed around to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Thomas Watson understands that the word of God quote is called a hammer. Mm-hmm. Every blow of the hammer is to fasten the nails of the building. So listen to this. So the preacher's words are to fasten you the more to Christ. Mm. Right. Right.
0: I like that. Let me, let me jump right. in there with it the, because, because I want to read a section from this part, the death of the righteous, Yeah, um, but, but I want to, I want to kind of bookend it, you know, from the beginning to end. So, Reading the Bible, right? Because he starts off with the scriptures, right? Which is, oh my goodness, how, how often have we quoted Thomas Watson on the scriptures, right? But this is what he says. He says, read the Bible with reverence. Think in every line you read that God is speaking to you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because he is right. This is the word of God, the mind of God from the breath of God. Okay. Now go back the, the verse I just referenced, right? For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So when you read it as though it is God speaking it to you, here's, here's the first point that Thomas Watson pulls out in for me to live is Christ. He says this, and, and I love what you just said, um, about our life in Christ. Because he says here, he says, Christ is the principle of my life. Mm. Fetch my spiritual life from Christ as the branch fetches its sap from the roots. Um, Look at that imagery, dude. Bro. Christ liveth in me, Galatians Mm 2.20. Jesus Christ is the head of influence. He sends forth life and spirit into me to quicken me to every holy Action. Thus, mm. for me to live is Christ. Christ is the principle of my life. For His mm. fullness I live, as the vine branches live from the root. Selah. dude, I got goosebumps, bro. Look, I don't yeah. even, uh, bro. Yeah, I can see him. I, just, <laughs> I can see him. I I can see him. Just reading that. But but we're talking about we've been talking about the imagery, man. The, Mm -hmm. the, the idea that Christ is our root. And as the branch, we pull our life from that root. If those branches aren't getting life from the root, it's a dead tree. It's right. It's a dead root. Um, and and it's good for nothing, but to be chopped down. But we, where do we get our life source from, from Christ who is is the well He's the well, he's our mm-hmm. foundation. And we pull from that. And because we're pulling from that, we should be healthy branches. And thus we
1: should live as though we are supplied by that root. That's right. Well, that, that, that's right. That's right, man. And oh my gosh, like, I mean, w- like you said, man, you like you, you read that and you just, you, you do, you pause. There's a reason that there's a reason that. In the, let's see, 19, we're recording this in 2022. So in three years, in three years, I still haven't read this whole book.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I'm almost there. But the problem is, is I read something. And again, I, I showed you what it looks like and I write or I highlight, and then I got to sit and I want to chew on that. And I want that to chew on. I want the word to do the work in me. I want to think about what Watson has said. I want to pray and ask the Lord to give me that kind of illumination when I'm reading the scriptures. Wow. Like I, I I didn't see that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I see it now and, and it is rightly divided. It's in context, but I just, wow, man. Yeah. And that's just one point.
0: He's, I know. he's, still,
1: he's still got two
0: other points. Yep. To make, you know, yep. and, and that's just on the first part of that verse.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely.
0: You, the the way Watson speaks and the way he preaches, the way he writes, no one writes like that today. No, no one, no one speaks in those terms. No one speaks of God in such majesty and Christ um, in such a way that says, my entire life is from mm. him.
1: And therefore, what am I to do? Right. He was able to encapsulate. He is able to encapsulate what it truly means to be a slave of Christ. Yes. And, and, and paint it in a picture where you go, okay, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, here, here's something else going along those lines. And and I, I read this earlier and um, in preparing for this, just skimming back through the uh, section of man's chief end, he said, quote, it is glorifying God when we aim, oh wait, let me back up. Uh, no, no, that's right. It is glorifying God when we aim purely at his glory. It is one thing to advance God's glory, another thing to aim at it. God must be the terminus ad quem, the ultimate end of all actions. Okay, And then he quotes John 8, 50, I seek not mine own glory, but the glory of him that sent me. And then listen to this, listen to this in in, in contrast to what we see today, quote, a hypocrite has a squint eye for he looks more to his own glory than God's
0: bro. I'm going to piggyback on that.
1: Okay. Okay. Now, before you piggyback, let me just throw this out there. We live in a day and time when, from from a perception standpoint, from an optic standpoint, there are many who, preachers, pastors out there who have, who are constantly trying to, to inflate the business of their Christian ministry, quote unquote. And this describes them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They they have a they're a hypocrite. They have a squint eye because really, for he looks more to his own glory than God's. Obviously, right it there. Go ahead. Yep.
0: Now this this part comes in the section on justification. Oh, dude,
1: that's thanks. so good.
0: Justification and the mean, idea very- is he's a, he's asking the question: What is the end of our justification? Now immediately people jump to. The idea of the end of our justification is the beginning of our glorification, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Now, it's true that we we are glorified. That's true. But that's not the main point. That's not the chief right. point. Right. And I have it. I have a note right here. I don't know if you can see it um, right up here. Yeah, I see it. It I says, it. this is a blow to American Christianity. Mm. Okay, And this is what he says. The end of our justification. Okay. The end is that God may inherit praise. Mm. That's the chief end of our justification that God may inherit praise to the praise of the glory of his grace. Ephesians one six hereby God raises the everlasting trophies of his own honor. Mm. How will the justified sinner proclaim the love of God and make heaven ring With his praises. So the end of our justification is first and foremost about God's praise, honor, and glory, not ours. Ours only comes after God's because he promised that we would be glorified. Mm -hmm. But he is first faithful to himself. Therefore, his glory comes first, his praise comes first, our glory comes after as a result of his fulfilling of his promise to himself.
1: Oh, that's right, man. That's right. You know, and that, that, that harkens back to just, I mean, man's chief end, right? Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And he says in there, and I referred to it earlier, as, as Spurgeon did, um, that, uh, that the glory of God is a silver thread which must run through all our actions. All our actions just because we, we now are in Christ and, and we've been saved doesn't mean that, okay, I can just now go and do whatever I want. And however I want, I can operate uh, in, a, in, a, in a normative way uh, because it's not forbidden in the scriptures. Um, so it's like towing the line. How much can I get away with when when really the objective is, like you said, what is the end of our justification to glorify God, to give him all praise? That's that's why you're justified. You're you're justified in you're justified in a sea of those who have been created for destruction against the back the black backdrop of sin and and corruption, as 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 Second Peter and elsewhere in Scripture say, the moral decay of this world. You've been saved against that dark backdrop to illuminate the bright light of the gospel of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. That's why you've been saved. You have not been saved to do whatever you want to, however you want to, whenever you want to.
0: That's right. Well, there's also a sanctification process Mm -hmm. that takes place, and it's necessary that it takes place.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Now, we are to be growing in sanctification. That's the process of being made holy or being made in the image of Christ. And if you're not growing in sanctification, there's a good chance you may not know God. You may not be saved. But it's interesting that uh, Watson, in in still talking about justification, he he asked the question, what is the grounds by which the sinner is justified? Mm -hmm. And typically, we think, we immediately run, our theological minds go, well, the grounds of our justification is Christ and what Christ did on the cross. No, the grounds of our justification is Christ's sanctification. Satisfaction. or satisfaction. That's right. Mm-hmm. Is Christ's satisfaction made to His Father? So this is right. So so th- think about this. So the the idea of um uh, uh, what is it the the satisfaction of God, right? Um, it's not just that, or atonement. Mm-hmm. Uh, at- atonement is not just, or the the propitiatory. Man, I'm saying all the words I don't want to say while I'm envisioning the one word I want to say. Penal substitutionary atonement, okay? <laughs> That's the phrase. So, penal substitutionary atonement doesn't just mean that Christ stood in our place, okay? Because if, if we were to go to the cross for our sins, we would still receive the judgment for our sins. If we were to spend eternity in hell, we would never pay for our sins because you can't come out of eternity. That's right. It's eternal. Um, and so penal substitutionary atonement really deals with Christ's satisfaction to God. Mm-hmm. That he satisfied the wrath of God. Because we can never satisfy the wrath of God. So the ground of our justification is Christ's satisfaction made to his father. If it be asked, how can it stand with God's justice and holiness to pronounce us innocent when we are guilty? The answer is that Christ having made satisfaction for our fault. Mm -hmm. God may in equity and justice pronounce us righteous. It is a just thing for a creditor to discharge a a debtor of the debt when the satisfaction is made by the surety. Mm. And so because now we are viewed as innocent, as, as though we had always obeyed the law on the basis of Christ's living, the imputation of Christ's righteousness to us, Christ's satisfaction of God's just justice and wrath now how is our life lived through the process of sanctification because right. that imputed righteousness now views us as holy but now the spirit working in us moves us into holiness as well
1: mm. yeah brother yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah the section also just just continuing right along with that the section also uh, concerning adoption um, my goodness man um, and, and really getting into, um, you know, what is the, what is the, the instrument of our adoption? Why is faith the instrument of the adoption? Um, and then, and then he, I mean, he, he unpacks this and, and he said, uh, as a reminder, right. And, and I think this is something that, that too many professing believers in, in America don't remember daily. I mean, all day, every day um, that it, it, that they're, they're not stirring their minds up in remembrance of this, of this truth, our adoption quote, our adoption was purchased at a dear rate for when God was about to make us sons and heirs, he could not seal the deed, but by the blood of his own son, here's the wonder of God's love in adopting us that he should be at all. He should be at all this expense to accomplish it. And then, and then he continues that God should adopt his enemies. Mm. When was the last time you and I, I I mean, I thought about this recently for preparing for manna for today, but before that it was like, you know, did you stop and think about that that you were an enemy? So when, when adoption happens today, we don't look at that child as an enemy, right? We were enemies of God. And listen to what Watson says. Quote, if a man adopts another for his heir, he will not adopt his mortal enemy, but that God should adopt us when we were not only strangers, but enemies is the wonder of his love for God to have pardoned. His enemies had been much, but to adopt them for his heirs sets the angels in heaven wondering.
0: Yep. And that, that adoption makes us sons and daughters, right? And you, you said the word. Heirs. Mm-hmm. So we that's have it, an, we have an inheritance. Yeah. And so Christ as the Redeemer, uh, because He purchased us. That's what redeem means. It means to buy back. Mm-hmm. There's a section of Christ the Redeemer where He talks about the inheritance, and I'm just going to list the points because it's a, it's a whole page.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: But we are adopted or we are redeemed to an inheritance. Mm. And that inheritance is incorruptible; mm. it is undefiled, yeah, and it
1: does not fade away. And th- think, think, about that. And, and again, I just want to piggyback off of what you just said and what 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 I just read. I mean, the quote that God should take great numbers out of the devil's family. And adopt them into the family of heaven. God's, and and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but God's adopting millions is the wonder of love. Mm -hmm. Had but one been adopted, all of us might have despaired, but he brings many sons to glory, which opens a door of hope to us. And he is, he is conferred. We went from mortal enemies. We went mm-hmm. from, from, from caught up in the moral decay and destru- destruction. We were um, by nature, children of wrath. We were sons of disobedience, sons of the devil. Our father was the devil and he forgave us. And then went a step further not just one, an infinite number of steps further and made us heirs yeah. in Christ When was the last time, when was the last time, and I'm not saying this to call anyone out, but when was the last time you heard your pastor dwell on that thought when presenting the gospel of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ? Right. When was the last time you called that to remembrance in your own heart, in your own mind, in your own life? And then compared, compared your actions, your deeds, your works, because we are his workmanship. We do saved those who are saved. Those who Christ has saved. We do do works. We don't do it to earn favor with God. We don't do it for salvation. However, that is the fruit works would be the fruit of the root that has been changed. And, and, and shows that, that we've been made heirs. But when was the last time you called yourself to that remembrance? Mm -hmm. You know, here's a guy, here's a guy that died. In, in, in 1689 or
0: 1690
1: 86 1686. 1686 oh sorry um and uh and my goodness he's he's you know what well, he's arguing with us you know one of the things you and i talked about with with the dead guys reader society is one of the questions we want to ask because of what driscoll said because of what dollar general driscoll said we we, we can feel a t-shirt coming. Um <laughs>
0: we have Driscoll at home. <laughs>
1: Driscoll at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can just see it. <laughs> oh, man, I sorry. want Driscoll. We want Driscoll at home. <laughs> oh man. Like, but but I mean, it's it's we, we want to ask this question. How do these guys admonish you? Me, how do they admonish me? How do they admonish Drew? W- what are they doing to argue with us? You know, being as Driscoll says that they're not going to argue with us being as dollar general Driscoll said, you know, they're going to sit there and I've never heard a, uh, you know, a a dead guy, you know, argue with me. It's
0: like, well, yeah,
1: uh,
0: was it? I don't think it was this.
1: Well, while you're, while you're doing that, like this argues with your soul,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: like this, the reading through the writing of Thomas Watson, And so many others before and after him, when the Lord, when the Lord uses these guys like this, it does it, the Lord uses, uses these secondary works. They aren't inspired. They aren't scripture, but he uses them in the process of sanctification. He uses them to share the gospel with people and and their works have stood the test of time.
0: Yeah, yeah, this is what, because uh, cause this is, after we heard that quote, um, I read this, and I sent it to you, and I said, sounds like he's arguing with me pretty good right here. Mm-hmm. This is a quote that Thomas Watson says about prayer, he says, many pray, let this cup pass away, but few, thy will be done. <laughs> Selah. Right. Pause, Pause and meditate, meditate on that one. Okay. P- people pray so much that I don't want to go through hardship.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't want to go through this. I don't want to go through that. And very seldom do people say, regardless of what it is, regardless of what the Lord is sending me through, thy will be done. hmm because in that, guess what? When you say, no matter what the hardship is, no matter what I'm going through, no matter what the Lord will cause me to go through, when I say, thy will be done, you know what I, I then have to do? I have to praise him in that. Amen. And that's a hard thing to do. And that's a hard thing that people don't understand how to do. Because yeah. especially today, when they, when they see something bad happen, they think it's the devil. They, they don't, they don't think this might be a testing from the Lord, a a time of trial from the Lord to strengthen and to strengthen your faith and Mm -hmm. grow you. And then what I I like, what John Piper says in that, uh, though you slay me video, that sermon, right? Procuring for you an eternal weight of glory. They don't view things that way. You know what that sounds like? That sounds like a Puritan. Right. Is what yep. that sounds like because yep. that's exactly how they thought. Why? Because these were guys. Okay, no. these were guys. Drew just shifted
1: I, in a seat. You guys couldn't I, see that.
0: It's like it's getting real. People who who this dollar you know Dollar General Mark Driscoll who throws shade at the Puritans. Right? Remember we asked them about about reading the Puritans and he said, "Oh no, they those guys cause division in the church." Oh, you mean the Church of England? Yeah, right? the, the the Church of England, where they had where James was Calvinistic in his soteriology, but Catholic in his worship, and he worshipped mm-hmm. idols. Mm-hmm. Is, is that what you're talking about? I think that that's a pretty good reason to divide. It sounds like it to me. Um, but these were morbid guys fear
1: were, of controversy. Yeah,
0: these that's were guys I mean. that were persecuted. Right, the Puritans were persecuted for their stance to purify Christ's mm. Church. They were unwavering in their stance on the scriptures and they were they were persecuted for it.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: And guess what? They did not back down and they no. sought to glorify God and live for Christ no matter the circumstances.
1: Yeah, the 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 type of division that the Puritans created is the kind of division that you want created. It's it's, Holy it's division. It's, it's the, it's the truth that draws a hard line.
0: It's Christ saying, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword.
1: There you go, brother. That's what it is. Yeah. Yep. So, um, you know, uh, other ways that, that Watson art, I mean, Watson argues with you all the way through this, but Mm -hmm. you know, he goes through about uh, how many, in in how many ways may we glorify God? Um, you know, he, he walks through here listen, let's listen to these things and, and You read these things and you're like, ouch, ouch. Is he in here with me? Does he know? Like, is he in my house right now? Listen to this. One, when we prefer God's glory above all other things, above credit, estate, relations, when the glory of God coming in competition with them, we prefer his glory before them. Okay. Number two. We aim at God's glory when we are content. This is what you were speaking about earlier, that God's will should take place, though it may cross ours. Lord, I am content to be a loser if thou be a gainer, to have less health if I have more grace and thou more glory. Let it be food or bitter physic if thou givest it to me. Three we aim at God's glory when we are content to be outshined by others in gifts and esteem so that his glory may be increased. A man that has God in his heart and God's glory in his eye desires that God should be exalted. And if this be effected, let who will be the instrument, he rejoices for we glorify God by ingenuous confession of sin. The thief on the cross had dishonored God in life, but at his death, he brought glory to God by confession of sin. A humble confession exalts God. The excusing and mincing of sin casts reproach upon God. I mean, if that doesn't argue with you, bruh, yeah, you ain't awake.
0: Right. <laughs> what are you doing with your life? <laughs> what are you paying attention to? Yeah.
1: So look, uh, brothers and sisters, um, if you don't have a copy of a body of divinity by Thomas Watson, you need to get one. Hmm. Um, so I'm going to put a link in the show notes. Um, yeah,
0: you can actually get, I'm pretty sure you can get one. That's a pretty good, uh, it's like, uh, a three volume set that's got mm-hmm. the the body of divinity, the Lord's prayer and the 10 commandments. Um, yeah. And I think they're like hardbound or the hard cloth bound that banner of truth. I think banner of truth has them.
1: Yeah. But reformation heritage books, you can get them cheaper. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'll put a, a link to reformation heritage website, their website where you can just order the books directly. But then also uh, guys, if you, I mean, if you're in a place where you, I prefer physical books personally, um, but I've read multiple books on iPads and Kindles and everything else. So, but if you can't afford a book or can't afford to buy one right now, um, monergism.com,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, has it for free as yeah. a PDF. So I'll put a link to he- Reformation heritage books. Listen, if you can't afford one, buy one from heritage books or banner of truth, support them, support them and the product they're producing. If you can't, if you truly can't then then download it. Or if you prefer, you know, if you prefer reading on, on an iPad or something like that, then that's my
0: Reformation heritage or banner is my first go-to.
1: It's one, two for for me. me. Heritage is first and then banner second. Mm -hmm.
0: And uh, if you're wondering where we got the biographical information of Thomas Watson, well, in the beginning of the copy that we have, Mm -hmm is a memoir that is written by Charles Spurgeon that's what mm-hmm. Chris was referring to. Yep. I got my information from a book from a guy that is not dead but he is uh, a a teacher of the puritans and that is Joel Beakey. the book yes. is Meet the Puritans. Yeah. Uh-huh. It is a very thick situation but yeah. it is uh it's very 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 good. Uh, so I would highly—if you want to know a little bit more about some of the the these Puritans, uh, get that book. It's short little snippets of their 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 life, and then uh, a list of their works and and kind of what their works were. Uh, mm-hmm. So highly encourage that as well.
1: Yeah. yeah. Anything
0: else before
1: we get out of here? Oh, brother, I uh, man, thanks for thanks for spending some time and 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 talking about this and. Um, it, you know, I, I, admittedly haven't, haven't picked it up in, uh, a body divinity in a couple of weeks. And, uh, so it was uh, brother. I mean, just, just walking through this very, very, very high level, um, of, of what Watson has in here, uh, was refreshing to my soul today and yeah. preparing for this. And then even now recording this. So, um, so and yeah, now, brother,
0: from, uh, from, from here for you, yeah. the listeners, one, At least one of my goals for this portion is, uh, you know, for the Dead Guy Reader Society is Chris and I, for the most part, are going to have books that we're going to go over with you together, books Mm -hmm. that that we've read um, and we're going to encourage you to read. But also there are, it it may be a show where it's just me or maybe... Chris, because he's read books I haven't read. I've read books that he mm-hmm. hasn't read, and there are books that you need to read as well. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna try to have guests, Chris. I just found this out because we were talking about it the other day that there were other people who were excited about this idea and they mm-hmm. want to be a part of it, and so we're gonna have them on. But also, one of the things I want is, you know, if somebody else, someone that We know that we can verify and vouch for, you know, a friend. um, If they want to record something on a book, you know, let them record it. You know, so for example, say if if Daryl. Harrison wants to record something on a book, he records something, send it to us, and it'll just be Daryl, you know, on a right. podcast or so, you know. So that's uh that's kind of the goal of something I would like to get to. Mm-hmm. Um guys that we trust that, you know, are able to just record something for for the peoples and then send it to us and we and we put it out like that, you know.
1: Well, not not to mention if there, if there's a book that you've read, um and, and you're like, man, I'd love to hear you guys talk about talk about that. Um, let us know. You know, it has
0: um, to be a dead guy.
1: Okay. It It does have to to be a dead dead guy. guy. That is the requirement. Um, A dead guy.
0: That's the only requirement. Yeah. And he can't be a heretic.
1: Uh, No.
0: Yeah. He can't be a heretic. So, like, if you, if you send something like read, read this Pentecostal preacher, I'm going to probably say no. Yeah. No. I'm going to say pick up (laughs) some Puritans instead. Replace, replace whatever the garbage you're reading with a Puritan. (laughs) <laughs> and then don't ever pick it that up again
1: <laughs> amen brother amen
0: so but with that we're gonna get out of here because we got a plan for more matter of theology of for today and dead guy reader society we got a lot of work to do yeah we do we're getting out of here see you see you The book discussed on today's show can be found through the link in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know by reaching out to us on our social media platforms or by leaving a review. And don't forget to visit our store where you can get your Dead Guy Reader Society t-shirt and promote the fact that you are a proud reader of the Dead Guys.